Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome to... And happy Mother's Day to you. What a beautiful day it is outside. So congratulations. It pays to sit on the front row. God's watching. <laughs> and so maybe that's the deal. I don't know. So we've been doing this series called Jesus Is. And one of the things that we love about Jesus is how much he honored the voice of women and children. And so to honor Jesus and to honor the way that he gave voice to marginalized people and especially women of his day and to hear what is in the heart of a woman who Jesus is to you ladies. We've asked Jesse to speak today and on Mother's Day. And so in honor of all of that, uh, I pray that you will give Jesse your full attention as she shares in her heart who Jesus is to her. Amen? Let's begin with a prayer. I didn't mean to cut off all the clapping. <laughs> Lord God, thank you so much for this day. Not just because it's Mother's Day and all of the ladies and mothers and moms and women who make up the kingdom of God and do so much pouring their hearts into their families, your kingdom, uh, God, into Jesus and this community. I pray that you honor them and bless them, especially on this Mother's Day. And now, God, I pray that you will bless Jesse with all the words in her heart as she reveals to us the Jesus that's inside her, how he's moved her into ministry, into our community, into the love for her family, for you, and in this hour, the message that she's going to share with us today. Thank you, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, go ahead and welcome Jesse Fuller. <laughs> Good morning. I am so excited to be here. And just, I love this church and the people in this church and the women in this church and the way you love and you're a servant. You all inspire me. And so happy Mother's Day to all of you women. And I'm so thankful to be here. My lesson today has a lot to do with my mother and what she has tried to teach me. And maybe some has failed a little, but that if I could obey my parents, this is how my parents, just their goal. If I could obey my parents, I could obey the Heavenly Father. And so their goal was to teach me how to obey and how to be obedient. And so what's amazing is that we've talked about how awesome God is and how he's amazing and Lord and how Jesus is all these things. But we also get to see how Jesus is obedient to the Father. And so we're going to talk about that today. And so, like I said, I was very disobedient as a child, like terrible. I know you're shocked. You have to look a little shocked here for me. So I was a terrible child. I got in trouble. We go to family reunions and they like all just sit around and talk about their horror stories of Jesse. It's true. Taryn, on the other hand, was the perfect child. And even his siblings. I know. How come you weren't shocked for me, but you're whatever. His siblings even talk about how perfect he was. It's crazy. So his parents had a much easier time than mine, but we are here just to honor what they did, try to teach us about obedience, and both our parents had this philosophy. But now that you know a little bit about me and Taryn, I want to find out how you were as a child. So this is a little inter interactive. You're going to have to stand up <laughs> if you can. And stand up. Raise up. 
You are going to sit down if you did this as a child, okay? So we're gonna, don't worry, the camera is not on you. Your parents will not find out. Okay, so if you snuck out of the house as a child, sit down. That was quick. All right. <laughs> Y'all looking around? <laughs> we have someone who hasn't even left the house already admitting. Jeremy? Amazing. I love it. The honesty here of the senior sitting down. He's like, I'm about to leave. I, what do I have to lose? Okay. If you changed a grade, Changed your grade, white out. Really, no one, just me? Okay, okay, I don't know. I thought everyone would have done that. Okay, you forged your parent's signature. We have some good people in this church. <laughs> okay. So if you went somewhere specifically when you told them you were going somewhere else. <laughs> okay. Now this one is for everyone's benefit in the room to know to hold your purse a little closer. If you stole something from your parents. Okay. And then last but not least, if you lied to your parents and got away with it, never got caught. <laughs> I did not imagine anyone still standing. So this is amazing. So I just, let's, you can sit down. Okay, so we know the women in this room have been some obedient women here. I'm very impressed. So, <laughs> I did not plan enough of those. Next time, I'll know. So, we've talked, like we said, we've talked about how Jesus is just so amazing and how he's alive. And in this series, we've talked about how he was God and healer and Lord, the master. And it's really contradicting to say he's obedient. And it's amazing the example he gives us of how to be obedient. So Jesus was obedient to the Father. And that's something that's important to know because obedience is the dutiful or submissive compliance of one in authority. So he knew who was in authority. He wasn't obedient to the world. He wasn't obedient to the prince of the world. He was obedient to the Father. He knew who was in authority. And he talks about his obedience in the Bible. And there's sermon notes in front of you if you want to follow along. He talks about how he was obedient a lot in the Bible. But we're going to look specifically in John. And this is all Jesus speaking. In John 5.30, he says, I can do nothing on my own. I judge as God tells me. Therefore, my judgment is just because I carry out the will of the one who sent me not my own will. So he's not only just 
his will. He's not even listening to his will, but to the Father's. He knows who to obey and how to obey in every way. Then in John 12, 49, 50, he says, I don't speak on my own authority. The Father who sent me has commanded me what to say and how to say it. And I know his commands lead to eternal life. So I say whatever the Father tells me to say. So this is not just his will. These are his words. He only is saying what the Father has told him to say. And in John 14, 30 through 31, I will not say much more to you. Again, just obeying even in his words. For the prince of this world is coming. He has no hold over me. But he comes so that he, so that the world may learn that I love the Father and do exactly what my Father has commanded me. Exactly? Like, that's amazing. I've never, that word is so impactful to me to do exactly what my Father has commanded me. That's my prayer, right? I want to do what the Lord wants me to do. And it's not just that Jesus talked about obedience, but he showed us. And he showed us in going to the cross and dying for us. He was obedient to God. And he didn't want to. He has in Luke 22, 39 through 46, he wanted to do the will of the Father. He says, then accompanied by his disciples, Jesus left the upstairs room and went as usual to the Mount of Olives. There he told them, pray that you will not give into temptation. So he knew the disciples were going to have a hard time obeying. He told them to pray. But then in 41, he says, he walked, away, he walked away about a stone's throw and knelt down and prayed, Father, if you are willing, please take this cup of suffering away from me. Yet, I want your will to be done, not mine. Then an angel from heaven appeared and strengthened him. He prayed more fervently, and he was in such agony of the spirit that his sweat fell to the ground like great drops of blood. He knew he was going to suffer. And he begged God, is there something else? But also, if not, your will. I obey you. You're the Father. And that's such a gift to us as an example. As we're walking around on this earth, we know we're going to have suffering. We've all suffered in different ways, but we see that the Father continue, or Jesus continues to obey the Father over and over. It's amazing. Okay, I forgot this part, y'all. Okay, so then in his obedience, we, Taryn and I have a definition of perfect obedience for our children. So if you want to hit a home run for us, be the perfect child, which we don't ask them to be. But if you want to know what we're expecting when we ask our kids to obey, and this is a Jesse definition, is you're going to do what we ask immediate, right away. Not go down the slide two more times before you come to me out of the park, but you're going to do what I ask you to do. You're also going to do it complete. So this is, again, not half your room when I say go clean your room, but you're going to clean the whole room. Not, not make your bed, not, you know, all the things. You're going to do it completely. And then last, and this is where it's hard. And when I apply this to God, I have a hard time. But complaint free. Yeah, that one's hard. It's hard for my kids too. <laughs> but just go and do what I've asked you to do and don't complain. And just let's get it done, right? But we all have our excuses. And my children always have good reasons why they didn't obey. Every time I'm like, eh, maybe that would work, you know. But 
we have to evaluate our excuses that we give for our disobedience because we all have things that we are disobedient in. And that is not who we are called to be in Christ. And so Jesus was obedient and was perfect in every way. And our goal is to be more like him. But some of the excuses we use are also some of the excuses I hear quite often. And the first one is, we don't know what to do. Or the way my children say is, I didn't hear you. Or I didn't understand. And you're like, really? I said it? You repeated it back? Like, what happened here? So then we make this excuse to God. I don't know. If you would just come down and say it to my face, I would do that. Because you'd be right here, and that would be easy to know. But we say we don't know. And the Bible tells us what to do. It's the holy word of God. It's living. And it tells us things, commands, hundreds of commands for us to do. But there's some that we highlighted here, but not all. So you get in the word and read. <laughs> Repent from your sin. Love your enemies. Love your Lord. Love your neighbor. Do unto others. A lot of loving there. So if you struggle with that, that's one to start with. Honor your parents. Go to those who offend you. Honor marriage. Be a servant. Make disciples. And so those are just some to start with in your obedience to Christ. He's told you what to do, and he has a plan for you, and he wants obedience from you to glorify him. I love the movie Bruce Almighty, and he's driving down the road, Jim Carrey, and he's like, God, give me a sign, and then I'll do it, kind of like what we do sometimes. And there's literally signs, like, flashing. I don't know if y'all have seen that movie. Have y'all seen Bruce Almighty? It's a good one. Okay. So there's signs flashing down the road, and then a truck moves in front of him with all the same signs that he's been passing. And he's like basically almost hit from this truck. And still he's like, I just don't know what to do. That is so much the problem we have, and we have to challenge, how do I know what God, what God wants me to do? Start with the commands in the Bible, get in the Word, and allow the Holy Spirit will prompt you on what that looks like in your life. And so that's the first excuse. The second excuse that we hear is the ask is too big. We all have our line in the sand, right? Like, ooh, that was, that's a lot. Or the way it sounds from my kids is, that's too hard, mom, no, that's too much. So in the Bible, we have an example of a man who goes to Jesus. And while he's visiting Jesus, he says, I've kept all the commands. Like, woo, I've done good. And then this is what happens in Mark 10, 21 through 22. Jesus looked at him and loved him. One thing you lack, he said, go sell everything you have and give to the poor and you will have your treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. At this, the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. So he leaves because he knows, right? that's too much for me. And you could ask some other things like go feed someone, but to give away all my wealth. And so often when I'm dealing with this and my disobedience, I have really good reasons why it's too big, right? My, what about my children, right? Like, God, did you know I have other kids? Like he forgot. Or what about, I'll look crazy. People will think I've lost my mind. And I know some of you do. I know some of you do. <laughs> no. And then not my spiritual gift is like my favorite thing to give to God. Like, you actually didn't give me for that, Lord. Like, 
I'll do other things you have gifted me in, but that thing. But he reminds me over and over that in my weaknesses, right? Who's made strong? God. God is shined through my weaknesses. And that's one of my favorite things about the spiritual gifts and just knowing that in Christ, my weaknesses are made strong and it's worth obeying. And then the last reason, I'm not good at this part, is we don't really trust God. And maybe the other two can go under this a little bit in that the ask is too big is probably some of trust, right? But God is worthy of our trust. He shows up. And so in Mark 10, 35 through 41, we see the disciples have spent the day with Jesus, and they are going across the lake. And they're fishermen, so they really know the lake. And they say, this is Mark 10, 35. That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let's go to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they looked him along, took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up, and the waves broke over him, over the boat, so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if I drown, if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. And this is amazing because remember, Jesus is obedient to the Father, but also the winds and the waves obey him. That's just who he fully is. But this is good for us, especially if you're in the middle of obeying God in a really hard thing. I want you to remember who's in your boat. Because I wonder if the disciples would have written this while they were in the boat. I don't know if they would have used the word nearly swamped. They might would have said, we're swamped. We're drowning. Like, not this after. It's easy to say, I was nearly swamped. But this time, in the middle of it, you feel like you're drowning. But you have to remember who is on your boat. And if you're sitting on the lake wondering, should I obey God? Should I... That, that looks like a really bad storm cloud. I think I should stay right here. I'm going to remind you that God is bigger than the winds and the waves in your life. And he is in your boat. And so what that means for us is we go doing what God has commanded of us. And, and just to be more like Christ. Is that we, because Jesus is obedient, my answer in advance is yes to whatever he asks of me. No matter what, no matter where, no matter how, it's yes. And that sounds really good, but it's incredibly difficult to live out. And so I don't know what excuse you may have been using or you are using or something that's challenging you, but I just want to remind you that we serve a God that has good things planned for you and loves you dearly. He knows what's best for you. He is in control of the wind and the wave, and he is worthy of your obedience. So um, that's, I'm going to pray for us as we wrap up.